Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers show. Now if asked what is your month-end process or what's the process for say paying an invoice, you know most finance professionals would either know what it is or where to look or who to ask for it. However when it comes to where is your process or approach for driving better decisions or making more of a meaningful impact in our organizations, I imagine a lot less of us would really understand the, the how or who or where that perhaps resides. And um, that's why I've brought back onto the show Brad Eisenhuth, who's a founder and leader of the multi-award winning The Outperformer team, uh, to bounce around some ideas on how we as finance professionals can do what we need to do to be relevant into the future, as well as deliver what's needed today, how to navigate being already busy and finding the time to do that, and actually some simple steps to install the infrastructure to achieve having a bigger seat at the table to help our businesses succeed. Now, Brad's a guy in real demand, so you might hear some background noise. He's actually at Sydney Airport when we're having this conversation and kicking around some of the key questions that are relevant to our audience. So just please bear with that. We've done our best to take it out. And if you enjoyed the show, please remember to let your friends and colleagues know about it as they might benefit from some of the insights our guest mentors like Brad shares. So without further ado, over to Brad and the show. So Brad, welcome back. Thank you very much, Andy. Thanks for having me again. It's good to see you. Hey, like, Likewise, look, and it's our pleasure as well. Um, look, uh, in the meantime, a lot's been going on in, in the accountancy and finance world. Um, particularly with your outperformer work, but one thing I, I do want to sort of bring you, bring you on for, and you'd share with our audience, actually, because I think it's an important development, is recently you did a world's first in finance, this uh, world virtual summit, and um, about connecting technology and humanity. I think it's a big concern on a lot of folks' minds, and you know the fact that you're able to get twelve finance and accounting thought leaders who are also practitioners funny enough not your typical consultants so they're living and breathing this day in day out over a two-week period to share what they're doing for free to the world um, i just wanted to bring you back on the show and and one say thanks for that but two find out a bit more about what sort of things were being said and done in the presentations and what were the, the audience commenting back on and what concerns were they raising i'll Thanks, Andy. First of all, it was um, a really, uh, for me, a rewarding experience to have so many people engage with, with us. And, and of course, you were involved, which was even better um, to have your your comments in, on the topic of value creation. But if you know, to answer your question, the the summit really touched on all elements of the what we would consider the future of finance. You know, thinking about what is it that's going to be or already is on the minds of finance leaders and organisations as they drive efficiency, as they drive performance, and as we look at a more nimble 
agile and impactful finance function. So, you know, that kind of gets broken into a few areas. We, we looked at um, technology from a few different angles, that being you know, the, the data science and data analytics. Uh, and, and probably one of the, the pieces that I'm very keen on and interested in is, is modeling and visual influence and the capacity to move the decision-making uh, lens into a, a more robust and more impactful and more engaging uh, set up and that was with Lance Rubin. So we had this sort of technology lens to a few of our talks. We had the um, the ever ever going and for um, you know, I guess ongoing discussion about uh, business partnership and, and and strategic business partnership and and of course the you know you and I have talked about this before and we talked about this a little bit on on our webinar and uh, and certainly in, in other conversations we've had in that business partnership as a concept has existed since the 60s, yet right now there's this extreme um, pressure and interest from businesses to raise the level of the impact of finance. And that's um, sometimes not well understood by all of the finance organisation and businesses, but certainly from uh, the non-finance lens, there's a huge drive and expectation that, um, you know, the... The, the value that's what they're expecting or the, the involvement in strategic opportunities and tactical opportunities uh, is, is expected to increase. And, and now this, you know, the notion of accuracy and timeliness is a, is a real, um, is expected to be uh, put on the table. It's no longer uh, an outstanding or a great effort. It's, it's, it's expected. And I guess the final piece that was a big building block in the, the, um, in the summit was, that notion of humanity in finance or humanity in technology connecting, our, our capacity to lead people, uh, our ability to work with people through change, uh, our knowledge of talent and how they develop from a, from a, uh, a decision-making and, and a growth point of view. And I think when you, uh, you, you distill all of that, you know, the, the key at the end, end of the day in terms of the reason why people tune into these things is it's all about their career and it's all about their ability to have a fantastic, enjoyable uh, time in the work that they do uh, to sustain their their their, uh, their future. And you know, at the, the the secondary component to that is, you know, when it comes to finance, we can talk about data, we can talk about systems, we can talk about projects to till the cows come home, but People are the drivers and the instigators and the architects of these solutions. And, um, you know, there's a huge component of uh, the, the, the future of finance that relates to this piece. And quite frankly, um, a lot of the concepts around human beings and, and our behaviour and our thinking and the leadership of people are not new concepts, but they're still things that we continuously struggle with. Um, so that was certainly part of it. Now, when you look at the types of questions, that was the second part of your, your questionnaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The types of things coming back from the audience. Um, I think what it comes down to is people are really curious about the practicalities of, of um, how to move from A to B. Um, you know, when it came to things like um, modeling and, and the visual influence piece, you know, what, you know, what is it that I need to put in place now that helps me get this done? You know, when I engage with a stakeholder, what are some of the things I should be doing and putting in place that helps this come to life? Um, sometimes people ask for the silver bullet on things that realistically don't have a silver bullet. Um, they, they're possibly much more 
orientated to an exploration or an innovation or an iteration of what they're already doing. Um, and that, of course, in a webinar environment can happen. You know, we're getting emails and messages coming through to, to our, our presenters. But on the whole, uh, there was a lot of curiosity from it. The, the other really interesting thing that came out is, um, you know, we, we could see some quite senior members of the finance community engaging in this content. Um, and they're starting to become a shift of, you know, finance leaders getting more involved in this content to, to think more and reflect more on how they lead um, their business. Now, quite frankly, if I think about on, in the online content world, majority of the, the engagement is still coming from middle management. And reality is that um, our leaders that are empowering and building the infrastructure and building the future of of our, our, our profession um, are the ones that we want to engage and and their biggest challenge and most of the questions that came up was um, how do I with such a busy time frame in front of so busy uh, job in front of me with everything I've got to balance with all the pressures that are coming on me from my job how do I actually do what I need to do to get into the future and still deliver what I'm delivering now and that, that was consistently the biggest challenge that people face. There's a belief system that they're already busy and executing on this is, is, the, is the, the challenge. And, and quite frankly, I understand why that, where that comes from. I, I mean, there's a whole raft of solutions and strategies and ways of dealing with that uh, that I've worked with with many of my clients. But that's, that certainly came through in the, um, in the feedback from the webinars. Well, look, that's that's a great uh, synopsis, Brad, of essentially 12 hours of conversations that happened during the, the, the virtual summit, but also obviously all those hours afterwards going through the emails and the, 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 the comments that came up and so on. So look, really appreciate you doing that for us. And also, I do want to sort of uh, point out that that was one of the, the main foundations of, of having this podcast was to actually give people that practical guidance of what's working well, what's perhaps not working as well, and what people have learned on the journey. So making some of those things easier, the, the main challenges out there pressing. And I also find that in the type of audience you know, the show has, tends to be the sort of middle to, to near senior managers and a lot of individual contributors. Coming back to one of your early points, hungry and focused on, on change and driving that change. Um, so look, uh, a lot of what you're saying is, is what you know I'm sort of seeing and hearing from this side of the world as well. Uh, I suppose then those those challenges, you know, I've got my own ideas on the practicalities of solving them based on what folks have been saying, and, and I've seen work myself. But in terms of what you're seeing, like what what are the, some of the things to to win back that time? Given that finance have uh, a very active nature. Um, you know they're waiting for the business to ask for something to do so maybe that's just part of our dna and our culture so far in our journey that we've tended to react our reporting has been backward focused not as front focused or forward focused um you know uh, we're, we're sort of waiting for a decision uh, point to be you know can you go help us with this decision rather than proactively bring something forward and say hey have you seen this happening um, so like you know how do we how do we steer the ship on that one? How do we turn the ship around? Is it a bit like an oil tanker? It takes a bit of a while to turn around, or are there things we can do to start now so that it, it moves a bit faster? Yeah, it's a it's a really good question you asked there, Andy. It's um, you know, I, I think when you look at uh, any situation, you have to diagnose what's really getting in the way. 
Um, and, and quite frankly, every organisation, every culture has different impediments or different challenges that make that more difficult or, 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 or potentially create opportunities to, to really quickly navigate through that. And, and I think that's the caveat I'd put on anything I'm about to share with you of is your, your culture is, is what you come up against. Um, and, uh, and with every team and business that we've worked in terms of uh, transformation and, and the journey of raising the performance of finance, um, the, the thing that we're always conscious of is the system and environment we're working within and how that, how that influences, impacts what we do. Because without that, um, that awareness, no matter what we try, um, there, we could potentially be undermined. But, but with that in mind, um, the, the, there's a fair, quite a few things to, to look at. Now, the first thing is, is this notion of creating infrastructure. Um, the infrastructure to position yourself for becoming more proactive and more planned about where you create value. Right? So for most, um, if I sat down and I work with a uh, finance team and, and we workshop this all the time, we talk about vision, we talk about what we stand for, what we're here to do, everyone comes up with slightly different versions of the same thing, which is we'd like to be a value-adding you know, um, driver of the business, a facilitator of decisions, a, a, all these sorts of things come up, right? All the same things. So every finance function wants to um, be having a bigger seat at the table to help the business succeed at its, at, its, at its core. Now, the difficulty is when you ask someone or you ask a professional in those teams, well, what do you do to plan for that? There's not a lot of thinking that goes into play. But if I say to you, well, what do you, what's your process and what's your structure for month end? Or how do you, how do you go about um, uh, inputting an invoice? There's always a process, right? Yeah, and no one, puts, no one puts a process into the way that we impact our business and we build a, an approach. So, for example, what, what, one of the great starting points to move from reactive to proactive is building um, uh, a planner around a stakeholder-centric behaviour. And we, we simplify it into three key areas. It's a really straightforward process. And once you have this plan, you move forward very quickly. And the first, first arm of it and the most important ingredient is your stakeholder landscape. Now, the stakeholder landscape is understanding what are the strategic objectives of your stakeholders and what are the more tactical uh, or short-term pressures that get in the way of them achieving those strategic goals. Now that comes in when it comes to making the time for it. That's that's the the starting point. You need to make the time to learn these things. Uh, often, when I you, you get down to middle management and, and, and more junior members of the team, they, they have no, they don't have a clue of that. Yet, mm-hmm. when it's when it's when a senior leader says, "Well, I want you to improve this, and I want you to do this, and you know, I'm looking for you to be more proactive in your role." Um, it's very difficult for them to be focused and proactive when they don't actually understand the strategic objectives of the business and where to focus their energy. So we start with that. The second part that we look at is, is two types of projects. Um, sorry, the, the, sorry, the second and third part are two types of projects. So if we're going to innovate and be pro- more proactive, most people and most finance functions will focus on what we call enablement. And that is inward focusing ac- activities. These are, these are projects that, only look after the interest of finance. And I'll give you a great example. When, when a team says to me, we're working on making our reporting more efficient, that's inward focusing, right? The, the business 
typically, if I speak really frankly, doesn't really care about the speed of your or your reporting. They still want it on time, and they still want their insights. But but that's not that's not their issue. The business is looking for uh, it's other issues more that are more um, oriented to the the objectives of the business to be solved. So we st- but we still need these enablement activities to be done so that we can create value. Um, but on the value creation side, these are any initiatives that actually solve for the strategic objectives of the stakeholders we serve. Now, these, these can be or any sorts of things. It could be supporting a team on a pricing strategy. It could be building a model that helps a key decision be uh, explored and, and ex- uh, look at different levers that are pulled to do so. Uh, it could be simply sitting down with a stakeholder and, and asking questions to navigate through um, their budget process such that they land on the best decisions they can make to, re- to reach their goals and, and, and goals that they ultimately own. It could be anything, but, but ultimately it's all about the stakeholder and not about us. And so when, it, when we look at those three areas, arguably when you, you know, if I look at the trends that I've seen, most of the in- initiative for a finance function typically is focused around enablement. It's, I'm using a system, I'm doing a process, I'm doing something, a task, and I need to do it more efficiently. And unfortunately, yes, that needs to be done, but it's not where the value lies for the organisation. And so from a, from a change point of view, once you shape that thinking and you plan your thinking around stakeholder, you start to realise what you can let go of. We had a, we had a, a client very recently... Um, Lots and lots of reporting going on, lots of time trying to get data for, for these you know, regular reports that are pulled together. Once we did an analysis of the stakeholder landscape, we realised they don't actually even read the report. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually literally was at a, a networking oh. event only, only two weeks ago where I met a stakeholder by accident of one of my clients saying and you know, we're on the journey with this client and say, look, I don't I don't even open it. I don't even open it. Now that that report has a lot of time, a, um, a lot of investment in terms of systems yes. that have been developed and, and all sorts of things go into it and ultimately it, it, it's it means nothing at the end of the day. And um, and for, for the person that creates that that's that's quite a disheartening experience. Um, but when we when we move the dial forward and we go well, well, what is it that you really want? This this whole new landscape develops, and, and and even a better question to us instead of saying what do you really want, what is the problem you're trying to solve? You know, what is the challenge that you need to overcome in your business? What are the decisions that are being made? What is your board doing? What is your GM worried about? What is your CEO focused on? Whatever it might be, but understanding that landscape and understanding the problems that get you there or to get there uh, are where the the the, um, the change of uh, attention and the efficiency lies because you can start letting go of tasks that are, are no longer high value you can start um, renegotiating where your energy is spent you can start delegating differently you can you can um, do all sorts of things that get you out of uh, this this sort of um, pressure point world. Of yeah. course, it takes a lot of discipline, but they're, they're, that's a, for me, that's, that's one of the approaches that really uh, works is starting with the vision, building it around a culture of stakeholder centricity and the value and actually having some discipline to follow through with what that looks like and, uh, and, and building the infrastructure for it.
Yeah, and 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 you know what? I I'm going to add something to that system as well, Brad. That um that you sort of outlined for us there. It's it's probably a, a case of making sure we're measuring yes. what value we're contributing as well. So it's it is that feedback loop, right? Like you did it just by accident, but I'd encourage whether people want to keep a, a value log. You know, if you want to stay, keep it with Excel or a logbook or whatever of where that value has been added in terms of those uh, key decisions supported or problem solved and maybe put a financial value on it as well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing to add to that, Andy, in terms of moving the dial, initially Mm -hmm. it can be hard to measure that value. It takes some time. Of course, Um, yes. And so when you're trying to drive the change and you're a busy finance professional, you've got so much going on, if you at least work on the problem to start with, you can start measuring it later. Um, exactly. But if you don't work on the problem, you've got nothing to measure. You've just got a, you've just got a task to complete because it's yeah. the way I've already done things or this is what we do in our business. And, and you're right, you, your next phase is to start really critically measuring it and, and start then starting to put your energy around where all the highest value items lie. Um, but yeah, in that early transition, it's not. It's just moving the dial towards your putting your attention in the right area. Actually, actually, funny. It just reminded me there of um of uh, a story, a very similar story relayed back to me by uh, by one of the people I coach. And I don't coach many people now, but what I tend to do is, is I, we try and find ways of measuring this value. And one that keeps coming up again and again is this sort of um, asking for te- if you're finding it difficult to go and measure the value. And I, I that's just part of the journey uh, to begin with is try and get testimonials or try and get an email or just um, a comment on the work or the value you've contributed for that business, whether it's speeding up a decision or, 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 or um, how do you say, helping make their lives a bit easier or the responsiveness that you showed and keep a log of all the testimonials or account. That's another way of quantifying value for the business uh, to begin with as you sort of develop that skill set and become more stakeholder centric. You know, there are ways if we want to choose to think about it you know absolutely and you think of as a leader of your uh of your team if their attention isn't focused towards the the gratification the gratification of doing great things in your business then they won't live up to and continue to do so so you know if there's no feedback loop to suggest that what they're doing is valuable and, and meaningful and useful um, and that's not just from their manager, but from the business and from other from parties. The business. Um, yeah. You know, it's it, it's it's difficult to keep the mo- the motivation up, and 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 that's a really important part of our leadership is to know that what we're doing is useful and meaningful. And quite frankly, if we don't have purpose in our work, um, that is when our performance drops off. And uh, and that's exactly what you said. Then it's a simple, simple thing, but to share that with your team or share that with. Um, you know, you're, you're the person that's actually delivered the value, or, or helping that person see the value they're, de- they're, they're developing is very, very powerful. Oh, definitely. But you use important words there, which is really touching on engagement. I know you use motivation and whatever, but essentially, if you want rewarding careers and, and want to create an environment for your teams to have rewarding, successful, happy, meaningful careers, what more meaningful way than to go and not only quantify the value you're offering, but on simple human terms? You just have another human being you've helped with something. Say, great job, or thanks for that, or this is the difference you made in our business, or to me personally, or whatever. Um, and it doesn't have to be a financial reward even. It's just that those comments and keeping track of those. Um, because when, when you sort of, uh, 
you know, balance it up and look at it. It's like, what work would you rather doing? The ones that's really making a difference for people in your business or month-end reporting or the, the unsexy stuff that sometimes it does have to get done. But, you know, like how much of the job, I mean, if a job is 100% routine process that potentially could be automated versus having people say, you know, great job, well done. Thanks for thanks for solving, helping me solve my problems or making a better decision that's isn't that a better way a better future for finance staff to be to be striving for and it's in it's in the gift of a lot of us to, to help give absolutely absolutely and and i think there's a big component of the um the community that believes in that there's a big component as well that are very fearful and, and very worried about that and they are um uh, and some of them may be on listening to this podcast but enjoy the structure, enjoy the safety of routine, um, and and even when the rational, logical argument of value and doing things for the business and connecting uh, the dots all sits in front of them, when the the, the rubber hits the road, um, changing that behaviour is is difficult, and 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 that's. Not only for you know the leader to support that, but that's that as at an individual's uh, at an individual level, this is a very different way of thinking for a lot of people. Oh, and, of course, and that's um, you know I agree with you that um, it's uh, yeah we, we can build the engagement behind that. What we need to do as a, as a community is realise that there's a lot of people that are on this journey who are um, are not quite ready, um, who are not buying into it. Um, or even if they're bought into it rationally and not bought into it emotionally to, to actually have the discipline to go through change. Because what we're talking about here is a deliberate change currently. Um, the robots in most organisations haven't eaten up everyone's job. The artificial intelligence hasn't got smart enough to be a, the CFO of the company. But the, the, there's not a traumatic um, cause and effect situation where you know everything must change now. And so everyone is, is you know, trying to go for this deliberate improvement and valuable step up in their, in, in their finance organisation. And as a result, there's, um, there's all sorts of reactions to that change. And, and that's, where, uh, that's where we, as leaders and, and as individuals, we just have to be conscious of that and, and know what it takes to, to move the dial. And, and, and unfortunately... What happens in a lot of environments is we have this band-aid sort of approach to it. Um, people will send, for example, I see this a lot in Australia, they'll send staff to a two-day uh, finance business partnership program, for example, and, and they'll say to themselves in their mind, well, this will be a great way to increase engagement, and, and they'll come back and, you know, I want them to know what business partnership means and, and I want them to be a better business partner. But ultimately in two days, for someone that hasn't, being consultative, hasn't coached leaders in their business or non-finance stakeholders for someone who hasn't been value-oriented in their approach. Two days does nothing. And in fact, it's it's almost the biggest waste of money I could see on the planet to to invest in, in such a short-term solution, wanting that sort of impact. Um, it's, a, it's a whole journey of development and journey of cultural shift that we we we, we as a as a finance function and organization a community are going on and uh and it's a very different approach to uh 
you know, trying to capture knowledge and assume that it fixes things. It's not like Excel. It's not like learning a shortcut and realizing that I've just saved myself some time. It's um, yeah. It's it's a it's a behavior change, and and I think that's what we have to be cautious of. Very very much so, Brad. But like, I'm I'm going to come to defense of finance here. Like, how do a lot of like accountants and finance professionals enter the profession? It's in that sort of rote learning course-based classroom-based sometimes you know distance learning based type approach and you get a certificate at the end of it it's just what we're used to mm, and um, totally you know what what you're suggesting is something called like cultural or, or, or just appreciation awareness of the culture and uh, implementing systems to support people so if people want to find safety in the routine there's a role for that someone in finance as well uh, if someone wants to go and, and be more stakeholder centric, there's a role for that too. It's a great place to have a career. It's just, I suppose, if you think about that normal r- uh, route we take, uh, w- you know, how much does culture come up in the exam syllabus? How much does business partnering come up in the exam syllabus? It's very technical still. Oh, yeah. And, look, uh, and I, I'm, I'm on your side. I, I'm not defending. Uh, sorry, I was suggesting <laughs> that there's a, a need for defense from you. In fact, I yeah. think no, what, no, what, no. You're, what we're saying is the same thing. There's. Um, yeah. there's completely uh, an understanding that this is what we're used to and, um, yes. and, and but the yeah, point course, is yeah. what we're used to doesn't mean it's right and um, de- depending on what we want is you know whatever what what we're looking for and what we do to get there is what we need to measure now if it's if we want to maintain our finance organization the structures we have now there's no need to change. You just continue to do what we've always done. Yeah. And, and if that's what yeah. we want, that's okay. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, but I, I do find that there's a disconnect between the vision statements, the mission of finance teams, the conversation that's going on in terms of their delivery and what's actually happening. Um, and that's where certain finance leaders across the globe right now are really actually putting their money where their mouth is and saying, well, we want to do this, but we have to do it differently, and um, and that's where the, the 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 concept of the cultural shift of finance is coming into play. But like I like you say, it's not it's definitely not commonplace, and it's not something we're used to doing. Yeah, that, that's another thing where they're putting the money where the mouth is. Brad is, I get a lot of um, listeners, and I've sort of seen it myself to a degree. Is you know um, the reliance on I suppose the big four type consultancies and so on doing the cultural change but but what i'm finding when i'm talking to the leaders is what seems to be more successful is practitioner led change so like change led from within yes like absolutely. even these podcasts they're more mentor led you know people have been there done that um have real uh, corporate or, or practice type experience to go and affect these changes because it's not just about the big corporates it's also those in in, in, in smaller practices working with clients, adopting very similar stakeholder-centric mentalities that smaller and medium-sized enterprises are also crying out for. Like, it's pervasive, this challenge. Mm. And, um, like, what are you finding? Is there sort of that tend towards practitioner-led, um, I suppose, solutions and, and, and help in this in this space? Yeah, no, there is. There's a balance, right? There's, um, there's absolutely a need to get into the, get the hand, your hands dirty and, and realize with teams that there's, real inertia, real challenges, real practical issues that get in the way of, of what they need to do. Um, but equally, there's, um, there are different skills that traditional accounting and finance functions don't have right now that, um, that need to be uh, imported. So, for example, um, you know, data science isn't historically a finance capability. 
However, I know in Australia we see a, a number of organisations exploring the need for inserting a data science function into their finance team. Now, that doesn't come from a practitioner. I know lots of ex-CFOs that are out there consulting, but they haven't done that before. And, and so it doesn't mean they can't help a client develop it, but um, the, the, the infrastructure to uh, help these teams through, that's what's most important. But I think adding another layer to it is the end of the day, the team needs to be given the space to change. So whether it's a small business or whether it's a large business, the team needs the space to change. And the leader needs to clear the way to do that. Now, we've, we're working on this project at the moment for, um, yeah, we most of our work is in large corporates, um, but we're now being asked to work on this uh, project with a number of small practices that consult to um, small businesses. And it's a really interesting one for me because I, I run a small business as well. And so, um, you know, the question is, you know, accounting firms uh, deliver accounting services, but they're looking to step up the value chain and be more of an advisory or a consulting service. And right at the moment, that notion of what consulting is or advisory is, is really skewed um, for most. And this is a generalization, but you know, as a small business owner, you know, the, the completion of a tax return um, or, a, or my bookkeeping or my accounting um, we're now in the world of zero. I, my team do all the inputting of data. My team do all the, all the um, collection of receipts and taking photos of receipts when they go out to, to spend money on expenses. We do all the heavy lifting and it's all automated by zero. Why am I paying the same amount of money yeah. as what I did when I gave you a box of paper and asked you to work through it, right? So what's happening is the small business is going, come on, that's a cop-out. Where's this value that you talk about? Then from a consulting capability point of view, you know, you talk about the input. Like, this is where the ability to help shape solutions, shape um, a business's owner's um, sense of uh, 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 visibility in their decision-making, sense of planning in their organisation, um, et cetera. Uh, comes into play and now you know again going back to it there's people in corporate that do that really really well but going into small business territory it's a very different paradigm because winning business is is different so you've got these accounting firms that have already got a a set of clients but they're not delivering the services that clients expect you've got people in corporates that have these fantastic skills that could be really valuable and there's this a big divide right so there's all sorts of challenges um and there's no there's no perfect answer to who solves it and i just think at the end of the day if we take a a, a, a focus going back to exactly what you described stakeholder centric or client centric um where is the problem where does the value lie uh, what value are we protecting and what value are we creating and how do we navigate between that um as long as we're trying to answer that question with purpose um no matter who it is as long as they're focused on that um as a whether it's a person in your business, whether it's a, a bring, person you bring in as a contractor, a consultant, a practitioner, they're doing that and solving that. Um, I think they're doing, uh, they've got their energy in the right space. Hey, hey, hey Brad, that's a that's a great uh, summary of our conversation, I guess. And um, I suppose like a, this chat and this was as we're sort of wrapping up. Is, is there sort of any other parting thoughts you'd like to share with our audience? Oh, look, you know, I. I 
I'm, I'm just very grateful for people like yourself, Andy, that are out there, um, you know, sharing this message, um, bringing to people together to, to raise the conversation. You know, uh, four years ago, I, I was I launched a webinar uh, offering not too dissimilar to your podcast, slightly different in terms of the way it played out. But you know, this this sort of conversation at scale was not happening. You'd have the odd breakfast run by a recruitment group or whatever it might be. But, but the, the level of conversation is fantastic and, and, and it creates a really interesting challenge for the community, Andy. And I think what it is is a sense of knowledge obesity. And what I mean by that is that we all know now what's going on. We've all heard the buzzwords. You know, we all see, you know, for example, I read an article today saying what finance leaders must do. And this big, this word, big word must, and it's like, well, fantastic. You know, that's it's great to say we must do stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not the challenge in knowing what to do. It's the challenge in how we make that transition and what comes up in the way of making that improvement. And, and that's where the challenge is. That's what you're working today, every, business, every day at work or every day in your business or every day in your practice or every day as a leader and, and that's what you're, you're up against. And it's not knowing. Finding the knowledge is, is not the hard part. It sometimes might be something that's really vital to solving a problem to find out the real truth or the, the best solution. But the more important part is navigating towards that. And, and if we can have uh, a bigger focus on sharing the stories um, and actually focusing, and I'm not suggesting you're not doing this, but but focusing our attention on, um, you know, what we do when we go into our job and how we help people through that. Um, you know, that's when the the, the, the rubber's going to hit the road as a, as our entire profession. Brad, what a great way of summarising that. And uh, thanks so much for sharing and adding to those stories that are out there on the how, which is the big thing I think folks are looking for at the moment. Um, in in getting and figuring out how to navigate this journey so brad really appreciate investing the time with us today and coming on the show no worries andy and uh thanks always for having me thanks for being a good friend and uh and uh bouncing a few so there you have it hope you enjoyed today's show if you'd like to know more about our guests today their bio and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com there you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows read the latest blogs there's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.